Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 135, I See It, I Make It. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Bridget as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. That is fantastic. I hear the weather is kind of hot where you are, which is hot where I am, so we're just sharing the weather. It's just we're, hot everywhere. We're going to share the warm. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll keep this conversation cool and relaxed. That's <laughs> there we right. Go. The polar opposites. <laughs> so we get to understand and just relax and have a good time. And hopefully our cool, cool voices will re be refreshing. <laughs> like a cool breeze. Yes. If only mics can like project air. That'd be kind of weird if you could receive your guests nope. as air. No, no. You know what? Never mind. We scratch that nope, idea. No, nope, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and you know what we will do? We will learn more about Bridget. So before we jump into the topic of costuming, who is Bridget? Gosh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I am a falconer of over 15 years, which means I hunt with birds of prey. Um, I'm also a voice actor. I'm married uh, for almost seven years now. And, uh, you know, living in the San Francisco Bay Area with my husband, two cats and three hawks. Man, you have a full family right there. Everybody's protected. Yeah. It's like everything's protecting. You got the air covered, the ground covered, the husband right. covered the area. <laughs> I don't know where he covers, but he covers something. <laughs> he covers my technical issues. Ah, ah so... Well, that, hopefully he covered this or you covered it. No, you know, before this interview, you seemed like you were covering it. So it's perfect. Yep. Yep. And now before we jump into the topic, do you have any social media links, websites, projects, or anything at all that you would love to share? It can be related to costuming or related to anything else. Well, I just got my website going. It's BridgetMcGuire.com. Um, the McGuire is spelled like Jerry Maguire. So that's a fictional character. I'm not related to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also on Twitter uh, at Bridget Falcon. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got my, my page on Facebook, though that tends to be a little more random. Um, so yeah, you can, you can find me on all over the place. Well, you know what? I'll put all those links down below so people can go check it out, show some love, show some support because Bridget is a wonderful, I was going to say wonderful, like what? No, wonderful <laughs> human being. There you go. Wonderful. Yeah. Pronouncing those W's. You speak for a living, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I cannot speak right now, but I'll enunciate my words a lot better. So today we're going to be talking about costuming. So mind giving a little definition of what that is for people who might not know what it is fully. So for me, costuming is creating clothing that is, is portraying of a character, whether that is in the theater or just for fun or for Halloween, you know, so, you know, making or compiling an outfit um, to where usually I do it just for fun or to do a convention or something. But, you know, I have helped out on uh, a couple of stage productions I've been in, you know, trying to get those costumes together. But mostly I just do it for myself. Man, it must be so cool to see one of your costumes on stage. Like, wow, look at that flow. Look, look how the light's reflecting on it, how the person's actually acting out in it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I've made a couple of things for my husband. And it's definitely a, a moment of pride when it all comes together and he's wearing it and I'm, and people are commenting on it. They're like, wow, that's a great costume. And I'm like, I turned that from a pile of stuff into that outfit. I have so many questions, but of course I always <laughs> want to jump the gun and just ask all the questions without doing some sort of order. Come on, Alex, we, we need some structure to this. <laughs> so speaking about structure, there's always a beginning to all of these hobbies. So for you, how did you get introduced to costuming? Was it a person, an event, something you saw on TV or a convention you went to? You said, wow, I would love to give that a try. I, I've always loved science fiction shows. You know, my mom and I used to watch Star Trek and I love Star Wars. 
And seeing those costumes and those characters be brought to life, it made me want to be those characters, um, you know, to pr portray some aspect that I felt maybe missing in my own life. You know, so like I wanted to be a Jedi to be powerful and calm. And I wanted to be a Starfleet officer so that I could be so I could, you know, show how smart and capable I was. And so it really started, you know, probably late 90s, around the time the the prequels came out, the Star Wars prequels. And a bunch of my friends were going to camp out overnight. Um, as some people may remember, there were long lines camping out for days and days and days. And, you know, my friends and I were super Star Wars geeks. And so we wanted to throw together some costumes. And at that point, it was really a lot of sweatpants and t-shirts and a robe I think my mom made for me. And that was the spark, wearing those costumes to that event and feeling that energy and feeling that response and having so much fun really made me want to do more. And from that point, it was a lot of self-learning. You know, I didn't really have anyone to teach me other than my mom, who was used to just taking a pattern and making clothing. And so she kind of showed me like, here's a pattern Here's how you put it together. Here's how you do the basics. But then I went off the deep end. <laughs> and in college, I just started like eyeballing things and going, can I just make this without a pattern? And my mom, you know, I'd always call her for advice and she'd be like, Bridget, you're you're going off the deep end. I don't do stuff without patterns. I have no idea what you're doing. And yet there I was in my little, you know, one bedroom in in a house in college and my mom had given me a little tiny, like as seen on TV sewing machine, it, it really only meant to do like mending, minor mending. And yet I made three or four costumes with it, including sewing full on denim, which is a really oh, wow. heavy fabric. <laughs> and the whole time my mom's going, wait, wait, what? Oh my gosh, that's not what that was meant for, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it, from there, you know, as the years went by and, and the costumes I wanted to make got more and more elaborate, I had to learn other skills. I had to figure out, you know, leather working and even making some minor props, making headpieces like crowns and things. And every time I've come up with a new costume I wanted to do, everyone has taught me something different, whether it be something in the sewing or something in the crafting. And luckily now the internet is such a great resource that if I don't know how to do something, I can look it up or I can uh, chat with some friends of mine and say like, hey, how how can I go about doing X, Y or Z? The Internet is a lovely place and it could also be a dark place. But when it comes to learning <laughs> about new things, it is a lovely place. And I love how you're saying like you tend to break the rules when it comes to creating costumes. And it just led me to think, did you ever create a costume in front of your mom? And she's like, no, no, I can't. No. Oh, no. OK, no, that's fine. That's fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, well, my mom, my mom is in Southern California. Oh, and so okay. we are we aren't often like in the same room. But I was making something for my husband and it was based off of a video game character. And so all I had were like the rendering shots of this video game character, you know, which sometimes artists create things that can't really exist in real life just through physics and so we're looking at this costume and i'm going well how how can i do this this thing on this sleeve where like there's a swirly pattern but it's two different fabrics and she actually was up visiting me while i was working on it and she's like well okay if we do this and we do this i'll help you hand stitch this little bit while you work on this other piece 
And so that she really got to see in person the level of my insanity. (laughs) (laughs) And there were definitely moments where she's like, this is kind of crazy. Uh... (laughs) But I'm fully supportive. I get it. Uh, I'm just going to use my limited skills to try to help my daughter out and, you know, give her my, I wouldn't say expert opinion, but my my years of, of experience to kind of say like, well, I think this will work this way, but you might have to do this. And, you know, so she's she's been a great resource. And has she ever picked up any tricks from you that she uses in her, in her own creations? I think she did, because I remember my husband and I, when we were engaged, we decided to have a Halloween engagement party, because that's just the kind of people we are. And she threw together a a costume of, oh gosh, I'm blanking on her name, the herbology teacher from Harry Potter, uh, Professor, Sp- Professor Sprout, Professor Sprout. And she had thrown together this like uh, robe and attached uh, pieces of plants and things to the hat. And I was so excited and proud because I knew this was something that she didn't have a pattern for or didn't, you know, really have a, a guide for, but she just used her creativity and maybe borrowed some of my creativity and created this beautiful costume. And actually, do you still own that costume? And do you still own the first creation you've ever made? I own... So my mom has the Professor Sprout costume somewhere at home. Um, I do have the costume I made for my husband, the the crazy one. And I have pieces of the first costume, that first Jedi costume. I think I still have the robe. I might have the pants or something. Um, but sometimes things just don't fit anymore and you just kind of get rid of them or they get buried in a box somewhere. But yeah, I tend to hold on to a lot of things, especially when it's costuming related, because I feel like, well, maybe I can repurpose this somewhere. And actually, I just found uh, in a box one of the costumes my mom made me when I was in, I think, like junior high. Like we had to do this project on Greek mythology and she made me a very simple like toga type dress thing. And I found it. And since it doesn't really fit and it's really just muslin and some trim, I decided to use it as a sewing machine cover. So now it just sits on my sewing machine to keep it from collecting dust. And it's doing its job, right? It is. It absolutely is. <laughs> and when you said you're missing pieces out of your Star Wars outfit, I was just imagining like, oh, she probably like got them destroyed during a battle, during a lightsaber <laughs> battle. I'm like, that's my wild imagination. <laughs> I mean, they probably got donated when they didn't fit anymore. Or if they had too many holes, they got turned into rags. And so and of course, as I've gone through, I've upgraded pieces you know, so I went from sweatpants to actual like khaki pants that look a little more like the actual character. So, yeah, that that happens a lot in my costuming. Now, this is a really odd question, especially, let's say, for Star Wars or Harry Potter or Star Trek. Do you listen to any of those soundtracks while making those costumes <laughs> to get in the zone? The soundtracks, not so much, but I will watch the episodes like religiously, especially if I'm looking for references. And especially if the costume I'm making was only in like one episode, I will watch that episode. I will freeze frame every freaking, you know, frame of that character to try to get as much information as I can. And that inspires me. You know, I want to see how the costume moves or like, oh, there's this secret thing in the back that is really only seen in like three frames of the show or the movie. 
But I want to add that in. I want to be as detail oriented as I can possibly be. So that's actually a perfect segue to my next question. So my question was, do you prefer reacting, uh, reacting, recreating the exact same outfit or add in some of your personal touch? So let's say oh, I'm going to rephrase this, but let's say you see something on TV and you see an outfit like, wow, I love the way it looks, but you don't get all the angles you need to recreate that perfect outfit. Do you like to improvise the parts you do not see? Yeah, sometimes you just kind of have to. I more or less recreated the uh, bridal dress from The Princess Bride, the kind of light blue one with the it's burnout velvet. There's not a whole lot of images of that dress. There's some, but like from the waist down, there's not a whole lot to go on. And so I had to kind of just extrapolate like, you know, what are her shoes going to look like? Or, you know, what does the back of it look like if I don't have a clear image of the back? And it turned out looking great. It's one of one of the most proud creations I've ever made. You know, yeah. So sometimes and sometimes when I'm creating something, it's not based off of anything. It's just I saw a cool fabric or I'm loosely basing it off of a certain time period. Like if I'm doing a kind of a renaissance outfit, you know, that allows me to be a little freer with it because I'm not recreating something specifically. And do you name your creations? I mean, a lot of them already have a character associated with it. And sometimes I'll just use something to reference it. Like I made this one kind of dress coat thing that when I put it on, it reminded me a little bit of Alexander Hamilton from the musical Hamilton kind of period, but not, but kind of funky. And so sometimes I'll just be like, it's, it's, like my Hamilton dress or something like that, <laughs> just to reference something. Like if I'm talking to my husband and he's like, which costume? He's like, yes, honey, this one. You're like, no, no, honey, that one. You got to make it specific. No, the other one, the other <laughs> Hamilton dress. It's fine. <laughs> so actually, you, these are made out of multiple different types of material. For, so for you, what is your preferred material to use when you create these new costumes? I feel most confident working with fabrics. And I tend to use a lot of I don't know why, but a lot of my costumes tend to have a lot of satins and silks and these really fancy fabrics. When we were doing the whole making masks for uh, the pandemic kind of stuff, everyone was looking for just regular cotton. And I'm going through my stash of fabrics and I'm realizing I don't have a whole lot of cotton that I work with either because I use it all up or, you know, I just don't have it because a lot of my costumes have these fancier fabrics, which, of course, are more expensive. And so, yeah, I find I find fabric for me at least, is a little more forgiving in some ways than, say, leather. Leather is a lot harder to undo something if you've <laughs> messed it up. And I'm just now kind of getting into the more uh, foam-based creations. And, and that's still fairly limited. A lot of people are doing amazing things with Warbla and this uh, craft foam stuff. And I've really only made a crown out of it. And, and I didn't do as much as some of these other people are, are doing. They're doing incredible armor and stuff out of foam. And so I haven't quite delved as much into that side of things. Yet. Keyword, yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> and uh, what kind of tools do you prefer to use when you create these costumes? I'm sure there's a sewing machine you like to do it by hand. Do you also like getting creative? It's like, you know what? I don't know what exactly. Like using a rock to get that rugged look. <laughs> Rub it on the fabric. I Dump it in some dirt to get that, I don't know, like anything to like just add that creation a little oomph. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I haven't done a ton of weathering on a lot of my costumes, um, just because most of them haven't called for it yet. 
Um, but I have dyed fabric uh, to varying levels of success. And um, I love my sewing machine. My, my Singer sewing machine is my best friend right now. And, uh, you know, sometimes I've used puffy paint on fabric or um, I found they, they make an aerosolized fabric paint, which worked really great when I was, I was actually making or modifying a set of feathered wings. And um, they were, I bought them in black, but they needed to be kind of silvery. And so I found they had an, an aerosolized fabric paint in silver. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And so I went out and I, I sprayed the edges of the wings with this silver and it gave it this really cool look. And I thought this, this would work really well on fabric, feathers, fake flowers, all sorts of things. So yeah, I mean, I love finding new tools and new materials whenever I've got, you know, a, a challenge in front of me. Okay. So this is a really tough question. A segue from that. Is there something that doesn't exist yet? But you're like, you thought like, you know what? It'd be great if the, this tool or this material or this thing would exist to make it do what I wanted to do for this outfit. Oh gosh. <laughs> there's, there's definitely been times I wished I could attach two pieces of fabric together without creating a seam, you know, cause sometimes that seam just changes the look of it. Like, especially when I'm recreating stuff from animation or, or video games and there's no seams to be seen. And you're like, well, how do I create this without a seam? And you really can't. You, you If you're going to sew fabric together, you have to create a seam. And I know there's ways to do things with like adhesives. They have um, stitch witchery, which is kind of an iron on adhesive that you can sometimes use. But yeah, there's definitely been times where I'm like, I wish I could just, just take this one piece of fabric and just boom, it's a dress. <laughs> You know, I think I found a solution. It's a horrible solution, but it's still a solution, I guess. You know how in video games and anime, they always have the characters outlined with a black line just to show like yeah. different. So you can make like a string black line saying this is the like uh, the bend here. <laughs> and it's like it hides the seam. This is, this is the rendering right yeah. here on the edge. <laughs> this costume was rendered in the computer. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be fun. That would That would be interesting trying to make something that looked like it was actually rendered in a computer, but not like on a really powerful computer, like a, <laughs> like a, you know, older, older computer. <laughs> One from the 90s. <laughs> right, right. And do you prefer to work alone or do you like working with company? Mostly I like working alone because then when I get frustrated, I don't take that out on anybody else. You know, it's just me. Because there's been times when I've tried to have my husband, like, say, help me pin a seam um, or a hem or something. And he's he's not really, you know, a sewer or a crafter the way I am. And so I end up having to teach him what I need him to do if I need him to do something on me, you know, because I don't have a dress form or something. And so, yeah, I think I think I prefer to work alone. But I definitely when I'm working with uh, plastic armor, like I'm I'm working on a character called Bo-Katan from the Clone Wars right now. And I know I'm going to be relying on some other people who've done that costume before. And I'm definitely going to want to hopefully, if this is avail if this is possible, um, get together with them in person to have them help me, because that's the kind of thing where I don't want to make any mistakes because I feel like it would be harder to undo them. You know, it's it's a little less forgiving that way. So, yeah, I mean, there's times when I do have to kind of crowdsource solutions or rely on the the experience of others. But 
Yeah, for the most part, it's usually just me. So when you say you go out to reach other people when you're stuck in a situation, what is your go-to places? Is it Reddit? Is it Twitter? Is it Etsy? Is it uh, MySpace? Is it... Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> MySpace? What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> right. Usually because I'm a member of the 501st, which is a uh, quote unquote bad guys Star Wars costuming group, um, I go straight to the 501st for costumes like that. And I'll even go to those people for stuff that's not 501st related just because I know those people are really experienced and I'm already friends with them and I trust them. There's also uh, the dented helmet which is specifically Mandalorian costuming. And so creating this Bo-Katan costume, I'm definitely going to be leaning on them a lot. And they've got message boards where I can read other people's, you know, how-tos or experiences before I go and make my own mistakes. Occasionally I'll go to YouTube um, if I'm looking up methods for doing something. So like I was, I had to create this crown, this tiara that I just couldn't find anything that already existed that I could modify. And I'm like, well, I'm going to have to make this myself. How do you solder a rhinestone tiara? And thankfully, I found a video on YouTube. And so I got out my soldering iron and I learned how to solder rhinestones onto wire. That is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you weren't nervous when you were doing it. Like, oh God, don't burn yourself. Don't burn yourself. Oh yeah. I was, I was totally <laughs> panicked. Yeah. But, and there I am sitting at the dining room table doing this and my husband's watching TV or playing a video game or something. And I'm going, ow, ow. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, stop hurting yourself. I'm like, it's hot. <laughs> I don't know how to not hurt myself. <laughs> it's not intentional. <laughs> right. So without the pain, because the pain is not enjoyable, but what would you say is the best part about costuming on a personal and an emotional level? The best part for me is if I'm at a convention or something and someone comes up to me and recognizes the character I'm portraying or recognizes my handiwork. And they I love it when they respond to the character and I get to to kind of play in that because as an actor, I mean, that's kind of what I do. But when someone comes up and looks at a costume I made and they look at it closely and they go, wow, I can see all the work you did to make this come together. And I, I honor that. I love that. And that that for me is really rewarding. But it's also just rewarding to see a pile of stuff, you know, cause literally piles of fabric and random stuff. And then all of a sudden, months, years, however long later, it's it's a character. It's a creation. And that just blows my mind every time. You know what? It blows my mind, too, because I go to Anime North in Toronto every year, except for this year due to the pandemic. But the right. costumes you see are amazing. People put in hundreds and hundreds of hours of, into the costumes and it looks amazing. Yeah. Some add lights, some like, uh, I don't know if you know Pokemon. Probably everybody knows mm -hmm. Pokemon. But I saw this uh, group of people. They did all the five EV evolutions, but like in a mech suit style with lights and everything. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I love that take <laughs> of like taking something and transforming it into something completely different. So but that's just that's just my creative little mind. I'm like I could never do that, but in my mind I could do it. That's about it. <laughs> but like all it takes is starting with something small. You know, you, you say you could never do it, but I bet you could. And you could even I've seen amazing things done with thrift store finds. So say you want to create a character and you're not great at sewing or something. But you go to a thrift store and you find pieces. You're like, oh, I could take this shirt and if I cut the sleeves off or, you know, I could take the, this 
you know, pair of pants and turn them into shorts. And if you get things that are similar to whatever that character looks like, you can make that character without having a ton of skills. And then then, of course, you're down the rabbit hole. <laughs> well, in that case, I kind of did it uh, once. It was really poor. I don't even think it's considered costuming. It's just I bought. So I like watching or reading the manga uh, One Punch Man because Saitama, because mm-hmm. he's bald and I'm bald. I kind of relate. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'm like, there's one scene where he's like in a classroom and he has his T-shirt that says Opie or the sweatshirt. And then he's chewing this or blowing a giant bubble bubble gun that's like the size of his head. So I decided to just re- recreate that costume, ju- bought one of those giant pink balloons, and I walked around the whole day with a balloon in my mouth, recreating that <laughs> bubblegum effect. But that's not, I don't know if that's considered as costuming because I didn't create yes, it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's costuming. Yes. You know, because you, you took something that wasn't a character and you created it and you embodied it. You know, and some people call it cosplay. I mm-hmm. It's it's kind of the same thing. I don't usually <laughs> use the word cosplay because there's some negative connotations to that word. I call it costuming and, you know, creating characters and stuff. But yeah, you absolutely did. Yes. Um, there's tons of levels of costuming. You know, you don't have to take, you know, pieces of foam and fabric and create something every single stitch. You know, you can throw things together and that's still costuming. It's interesting because back when I was a kid, I... My mom made me a costume for Halloween, which was Mario. She made the hat. It was kind of cool. I still mm-hmm. have it. I'm going to, when I'm going to do the promotion for this little video here, right after this episode, well, right after we record, I'm going to do a little promotion video and I have it here. So you'll get to see it. Awesome. And now back to, so it's not about me. It's all about you. So for you, <laughs> what has costuming taught you in life? Oh gosh. Um, patience, creativity, you know, cause having to wanting to recreate something that doesn't exist. Perseverance. I mean, when I was creating the Princess Bride costume and I realized looking at videos and pictures, this was the part of the fabric was this very fancy, very intricate burnout velvet, which is so hard to find. It was easy to find in the 80s. Now it's kind of gone out of fashion. And so it's really hard to find. And I spent a good probably six months searching online to find similar fabric. And because I was convinced, I was like, I'm going to find this. And I found, you know, burnout velvet, but it was always like polka dots or some weird design or, and I was like, well, this is kind of close. And then it was like, I hit the right website at the right time and boom, there it was. And it was all the way in, I think it was in the Middle East somewhere and I was like, I will buy every single inch of this fabric because it's exactly what I need. But if I had gotten really impatient with it and used some other fabric or or even tried to do burnout velvet myself, because I even looked up, you know, how do you make burnout velvet? I mean, I might have come up with something, but I might have just gotten so frustrated and just given up. But because I this was something I knew I wanted to do and I knew I wanted to do it a certain way. I just kept pushing. I just kept trying. And, you know, that's that's kind of what costuming has taught me is is sometimes if you want something bad enough and hard enough, you're going to keep trying. And eventually that door is going to open. It's kind of like fishing. You just got to keep throwing in the line and just be patient. Yeah, I think learning that helped me also in my voiceover career, because voiceovers is a lot about auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and nothing hits. And then all of a sudden something hits. 
you know, so learning that patience and perseverance and knowing that if something is is worth that to you, you're going to just keep trying and not let the failure or the negative responses pull you down. That is very honorable, admire, admirable. I'm making up words. That is <laughs> the word I'm looking for is like, I appreciate what you are doing. Yes. In some sort of, there's a word for that. I can't think of it right now. Yes. Anyways, that's really cool. And I do appreciate that. And I completely understand where you're coming from because I'm in the same boat where, you know, I'm very patient. What my wife says otherwise. But when it comes <laughs> to this podcast, I, I've been doing it for many, many, many episodes and I love every single one of them. And it, I know it takes time to create these. It takes patience from my guests because I know I ask a lot of stupid questions. So I cannot thank people enough like yourself to just say, okay, yes, Alex, I'll listen to your stupid question. Okay. Okay. Can I talk now? Which is actually a perfect segue <laughs> to the next question where you'll get to talk more. Have you ever tried, or would you ever consider trying using a 3d printer to make specific parts for your costumes? Oh, absolutely. If, if I had access to a 3D printer and I had like a specific thing I, that could be made with a 3D printer, I think that's a great tool. Actually, I have friends uh, in the 501st who have a 3D printer and they've been making all sorts of stuff with it. So I get to see like through their posts, like all the things they've made. And through this pandemic, they've actually been making uh, face masks, oh, cool. um, the, the kind of plastic fronted uh, face shield kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been doing it on the 3d printer. So yeah, if there were a piece that I just, I couldn't create myself that could be created with that plastic 3d creation, I would absolutely do it. And, and it would be just, it would be remarkable because I've seen some of the things that come out of that and I'm like, holy crap. And, um, same with like a, a cricket, which is like this, this thing that you put you can put fabric or leather or paper into and it cuts it out in different shapes. I don't have one, but I've seen some things that were made with it. And it's just a more precise way of cutting something versus, say, scissors. So, yeah, yeah, I'm all I'm all for new technologies and new tools, even if I can't afford them myself. Have you ever tried using, you know, those little pens? It's kind of like it's not necessarily a 3D printer, but it's like a heated pen with a plastic and you can make like a weird plastic design. You can make yeah. a 3D. Would you ever consider doing that onto? It's a lot less expensive than a 3D printer. So I don't know if that's an alternative. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, that would absolutely be cool. I'd, I'd have to think about something I could use that for. I have no idea. And then like, like you were talking about using lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've never really used lighting in a costume before. So I'd love to, you know, get my hands on some, you know, LED strips or, or some of this crazy lighting that people are, are putting in costumes. So yeah, yeah. The, the 3d printer pen thing, I've seen it and not in person, but like you've seen videos of it and I'm like, wow, what, what could, what would I use that for on, on my things? Cause yeah, I've got a glue gun I can use my hot <laughs> glue gun, but I think that's a little more, a little more precise. <laughs> my mind is running wild right now with creativity. So I used to have this t-shirt that had lit up, but it had this like voice thing to it. So the louder it get, got like the lighter, the lights went up higher, kind of like one of those Whoa. audio waves. So I was just imagining like if you were to make a costume, where I don't know, in your shoes, every step you take, the lights go up. Kind of like one of those, like, when you go to the carnival, you hit the bell and it just goes up. So, like, every step you take is like, boom, boom. It's like a wave of lights just going up your leg. <laughs> that would be so cool. I have no idea. Like, I, I, I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen people who've used, like, strings of LEDs and they were able to program in a pattern. You know, like a, a flashing pattern kind of a thing. And so I'm sure people could do it. I mean... 
Again, if it's if it's not a skill I have, I'm sure somebody's got it. It just became a brainstorm episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. I love it. And uh, I know this question might be pretty easy to say there isn't any, but what are some do's and don'ts when it comes to costuming? Gosh, um, do try. Definitely try. And if it fails, it fails. Don't, I want to say don't give up, but. You know, there are definitely times where you're like, this just isn't working. I got to walk away from this for a while or or I got to get some new perspective on it. Don't be mean. I mean, that's true for all things, right? You know, if you see someone who's made a costume or created a costume, but it's not perfect or it, it looks kind of messy, you know, don't be mean about it. You know, you can be supportive and encouraging to all costumers of all levels and I want to see that in the costuming community. I want to see support and lifting each other up because there can definitely be a lot of competitiveness and, you know, kind of uh, criticism in this hobby. And I want to say if if you're a costumer or if you're a first timer or if you're a, a seasoned pro, you know, you can be that person who lifts someone else up and says, I see what you did. I think it's great. You know. Maybe we can work together and come up with a way to make it even better if you're interested. Or, you know, would you mind if I taught you a new technique that you could use in making your costumes? You know, things things to support one another and be positive about it versus tearing each other apart and, and saying, well, this is wrong and this is wrong and you're doing this character wrong. You know, that kind of stuff. That's not helpful. And it's a learning experience as well. Like no one's perfect. It's subjective. There's no such thing as a perfect outfit. Everybody has their own beauty. And yeah, absolutely. You, you should support each other. Absolutely. If I, I, have, I have a feeling like <laughs> if I do it in front of you, you'd be like, Alex, I, I get what you're trying to do, but what are you trying to do? I don't get it. <laughs> well, and there's there's tons of times where I've been at a convention or something and I've seen a costume that I'm pretty sure it was a costume because it looked like they did something intentional, but I don't know the character and I don't know what they were going for, but I can definitely appreciate the effort. And I can appreciate that they tried to do something or they did do something. And even if I don't recognize the character, I can be like, wow, you look great. Are you, are is this your character or is this character you've, you know, based off of some other thing? I don't recognize it. I want to learn more. See, I feel like if it was me, I'd like start off with a plan. Like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, this. And if I'm running out of time, I'm like, oh no. Okay. Uh, panic. Cause that's what happened. Once. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Oh my gosh. I have definitely been sewing in the hotel room at the convention <laughs> right before the masquerade. Yep. Yep. I have done it. <laughs> and I can imagine that could be a little stressful. So on that note, oh uh, has costuming <laughs> ever stressed you out? And if so, what is your usually or your usual go-to de-stressor? Oh gosh. Yeah, I, when I was making the costume for the masquerade, because I knew I had a deadline and I knew I was getting close to that deadline and I had tried something for a part of this costume that just didn't work. I had to completely throw it out and start over. And yeah, I hit a point where I'm like, I need to walk away because I'm getting angry and I'm getting frustrated. And I ended up just oddly enough, I ended up watching the show that the outfit was from, um, which happened to be Doctor Who. Because I love Doctor Who and there's there's this hopeful message to it. And so, yeah, sometimes I just go back and I watch a, a favorite show or I listen to some of my favorite music from Broadway and it just kind of recenters me and and tells me, like, I know you're stressing out about this, but take a breath. 
it's going to be fine. You're going to get this done. But if you if you go at it in this state of mind where you're like furious and frustrated, you're just going to have to start over again. <laughs> it just reminds me of like what you said before. Don't be mean. I was picturing for a moment. Don't be mean to your fabric. Like I can't imagine you, Bridget, just punching your fabric. He's like, oh, why won't you fit? <laughs> oh, my God. I have totally thrown fabric at the wall. <laughs> totally thrown fabric at the wall. Um, <laughs> and then you pick it up. You're like, OK, I'm sorry. Let's let's make this happen. <laughs> yeah, I throw it at the wall. I walk away for 10 minutes and then I come back and like, I need to apologize. <laughs> I'll name you sorry. I just, this yeah. is my sorry outfit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be better together. We'll we'll do this together. It's OK. <laughs> I'll stitch you a friend. I'll make you a friend you can hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> And for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started costuming? The biggest challenge was trying to create something that I didn't have a pattern for. For whatever reason, maybe because I was a broke college student, maybe because I didn't think it existed or maybe it didn't exist. You know, I wanted to make these costumes that I didn't know if there was a pattern for it. And so I just freehand it. And yeah, I realize now that that was a really, really difficult way about going going about things. And yeah, there were times when like I thought I had it right, stitched it all together, went to put it on and it wouldn't even fit over my head. And I'm going, what the heck? What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. And I just kept I just kept going. You know, I just I just kept trying. And I learned so much about I mean, I guess you could call it pattern drafting, although I don't I don't do too much of that if I can avoid it just because it is so challenging. And people who draft patterns, like my hat's off to you because that's a lot of math. It's a lot of angles and knowing how much seam allowance to give and those kinds of things. So yeah, yeah. Trying to work without a pattern just from your brain, whoo, that's tough. And speaking about doing all this work, how long does it usually take you to complete a project? Let's say on average. It's tough. It's it's tough to to give a true number because sometimes something you think is going to be really easy, like it's just a dress, ends up taking you much or me taking me much longer because of either sourcing the materials or I hit a point where, you know, it's not working the way I thought it would and I have to stop and go back. So, I mean, sometimes a simple costume can take me a month. Which is why, like, as we get close to Halloween, I'm like, okay, honey, what are we doing? What are we doing? I need to know now. I need to know now. And sometimes the more complicated ones, you know, like the the Princess Bride dress, just sourcing the material took me six months. So it probably took me about a year to make that costume. And I was using patterns. I actually used two patterns combined to get the look I wanted. And so it should have been fairly simple, you know, just two patterns, mash them together, no problem. But it became very challenging. So I never... I never quite know how long a costume is going to take me, but I know if I ha- I like to know if I have a deadline, I want to start as soon as possible writing down what materials I might need, sourcing patterns, sourcing fabric, because I know I'm going to get busy, you know, like we all do, or I'm going to hit a roadblock and I'm going to need that extra time. There are definitely people who are much faster than me, but, you know. It's it's a hobby for me. So, you know, you make time for your hobby. <gasps> Look at that. A pun. <laughs> a reference to my podcast. Perfect. <laughs> so on that note, what is your current biggest challenge? Uh, the current challenge is Bo-Katan and it's the armor. I've never worked with a raw armor kit. And so 
I purchased the armor kit from a person who has the molds and makes it out of ABS plastic, which is a hard plastic. It's like what you see the stormtroopers wearing in Star Wars. So you can think about it like that. But it's all got edges around it. And it's 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 what we call a raw armor kit because you have to trim it down and you have to sand it and you have to paint it and you have to attach it to whatever under costume you have. And so that is my current challenge. And I'm so I'm being so careful with it because, again, I know like if I mess up a piece, I may not be able to glue it back together. I you know may not be able to cover it with paint. So I'm definitely taking my time with it. And and I'm probably getting close to the point where I'm going to have to call in a little bit of advice or help from my friends. But not from me. I, I have horrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> but we are friends, so it's a 50-50 good thing. So I'm like, you know there what? We go. That looks good. Alex, like, Alex, there's a yeah. giant hole here. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I see it. But that's what I totally need. I need friends to look at it and go, no, it doesn't look nearly as bad as you think it does. I think it looks great. And then I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, yes, word of encouragement. That's that's what I like people to think about this podcast for my voice, at least. Like, Alex, you don't sound like a complete idiot. Like, you mess up here and there, <laughs> but we get what you're trying to say at some points, like at least 5% right? of the time. <laughs> <laughs> And now for a little darker question. What are some misconceptions about people who do costuming? I mean, it's like like anything where you're considered like a geek or, or kind of odd or weird. You know, there's this misconception that we're all living in our mother's basements or, you know, people who dress up in fur costumes or mascots, you know, kind of stuff like that, that, that we're all a little odd. And sometimes people don't respond well to odd. And so there's that misconception when really, you know, costumers and people who who make costumes, they're just creative like anybody else. I mean, you wouldn't look at someone who works in acrylics or oils and paints. You wouldn't consider them odd. You'd consider them an artist. And so why is it when I wear my art and I like to do it at a convention to to show it, you know, why then am I looked on a little oddly? It's kind of a kind of one of those things. It's, you know, it's a little hard sometimes. And I think that stigma is fading a little bit in some circles because um, so many people are realizing how fun it is to dress up as a character when it's not just Halloween. And there's definitely a time and place. You know, I'm not going to walk around the streets in my Tide Pilot costume just to go to the grocery store because that's a little odd. Although the helmet with the social distancing, that would actually work mm. right now. <laughs> that would work, yeah. <laughs> right? But yeah, I, I like I like the right time and place. And, you know, being a part of the 501st has helped a lot with that stigma because the 501st is a charitable organization and we do a lot of really good work, especially for children's organizations. We do a lot of work with Make-A-Wish and children's hospitals where we dress up in our Stormtrooper and, and Empire costumes and we go visit these kids and we bring a smile to their face when maybe smiles are hard to come by. And I bet you you bring so many smiles when you bring in your costumes as well. I'd like to think so, although I have made a couple kids cry in oh, my no. costume. Wait, what? How? <laughs> well... <laughs> You know, the TIE pilot, it's all in black. It's got this big, scary helmet, a little like Darth Vader, but mm. not quite. And there's definitely been times when like a sensitive kid has at, a, at an event or something has just taken it a little harder and, and been a little frightened of me. And there's that little dark side of me that's like, hee hee, that was fun. <laughs> 
I brought in the dark side. Right? <laughs> right? We all have that little bit of dark side, that little touch of evil. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I didn't I didn't mean to make you cry. And so there's definitely times when I'm doing that where if I'm able to, I'll kneel down on the kid's level. And even if I can, I'll take off my helmet to show them that there's a person under here and I'm really happy to be there and happy to see them. And I'm not trying to scare them. Speaking about scaring people in costumes, apparently I've done that by accident. I don't know how. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> let me explain. So there's this guy who walks around in my city in the summers dressed up as Goku from Dragon Ball. And I love Dragon Ball. I watched it when I was a kid. I read the mangas. And then apparently this guy was walking around giving advice to people, like wisdom advice. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Because I saw it on Reddit. And then one day I'm walking with my wife and I see him. I'm like, honey, honey, that's Goku. He gives advice. And she's like, okay, okay. I'm like, I'm going to go up to him. <laughs> so I calmly just go up to him. I tap on the shoulder. like, hi. The dude looks at me, turns around and sprints. <laughs> I'm like, what? and my wife is watching this from far. And she's like, what, the, what, what just happened? And what just I'm, happened? I'm like, I just scared Goku. I don't know what... In the back of my mind, like, oh, no, I didn't mean to scare him. But also in the further back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I scared Goku. I'm, I scared a powerful <laughs> Super Saiyan. <Yeah. laughs> but later on, I saw him in the park and I approached him from face on forward, like with my hands up. like, hi, I, I did. Sorry for scaring you earlier on. I just wanted to say hello. I, I love your costume. I love your outfit. And we took a picture. And yeah, and then I saw him a couple years later. And yeah, it was fun. But that moment. Did, he, did he say, did he say why he ran? I didn't want to ask him. I'm like, I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable, but I'm like. Like maybe he thought you were a cop or something. I don't know. Maybe the deep voice and being over six feet tall. Maybe, maybe that threw him off. Well, I don't know. You know, I, I do tend to run from people who are six feet tall. It's, I, I'm only five feet tall, so it's pretty scary. I, I would run from me too, because the ball, the head is too bald and shiny. Like the light would glare off of it and then just hit my eyes and I would get disoriented and fall. Yeah. <laughs> Bald people are scary. <laughs> no. No, they're not. They're just aerodynamic. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> and for you, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? There's so much information online. It's it's so easy to get overwhelmed. So, you know, if you're just getting started, maybe don't start with the whole Gundam armored craziness. Start with something a little smaller. You know, start with something a little simpler. If you want to do armor stuff, start with just a chest piece or a shoulder piece to see how working in that medium is for you. And you may find that like, wow, I, I'm not very good at this, but maybe I can find people who are good at this. And yeah, if you're just starting, look up. There's some great websites. I can't think of any at the moment, of course. But if you if you Google costuming or specifically if you're looking to costume something specific, because general costuming, you'll just get overwhelmed. You're going to end up like curled in a corner, you know, rocking back and forth. But if you know you want to create a costume from a, a specific show or movie or a specific character and you search that you're going to find a lot more narrowed results and they're going to be varied. There's going to be good results and there's going to be not so good results. It's mm -hmm. the internet after all. Yep. And so, but you can look through those and go, okay, I like what this person did and I like how they explain it. And so you follow that person or you follow their website and you pick up things and you try things. But again, don't, don't start with something huge because you're just going to get discouraged or frustrated, and you're never going to want to do it again. If you start with something smaller and build your way up, you're going to feel a lot more positive about it so that when you do tackle something crazy, or if you're me, if you tackle things crazy just because, <laughs> you know, you're going to have a little bit more 
positivity around what you're trying to do. Yeah, it's all about the baby steps. You learn how to yeah. walk before, no, you learn how to crawl before you walk. I was going to say, you learn how to walk before you crawl. Yeah. You're like, wait, no, that's that's not quite it. <laughs> yeah, you learn how to solder before you learn how to cut fabric. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> and uh, do you have any, I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end so people can come show you some love. Do you have any websites, projects, uh, social media links, or anything at all that you would love to share so people can come show some support? Well, my website right now is mostly factored around my voiceover career, um, but it's BridgetMcGuire.com. And um, I'm also on Twitter as uh, at Bridget Falcon. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I've got an actor page, you know, Bridget McGuire. Yeah, I think I have an Instagram, but I don't really use it. Well, you know what? We'll put everything down there. And if you want me to put the Instagram, I'll put it. If you don't, then what are you talking about? We didn't talk about Instagram. No, that didn't exist. No, that, that's, nah, yeah, nah, what fine. is this Insta of the grams? Are, are, you, I don't are know. you giving uh, graham crackers? The, is that it? The, <laughs> Instant graham the crackers? Kids are, <laughs> the kids are doing TikToks and I don't know what that is at all. So No, no, it's pronounced tic-tac-toe. It's, an, it's a game I used to play when oh, I was a kid. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> to show my old, how old I am there when I just made that horrible, right? horrible dad joke. <laughs> okay, well, perfect. I'll put all those down below so people can go check it out. And now for the last question, do you have any questions for me about costuming? Well, let's see if I can turn this around a little Ooh. bit. You've told me a little bit about costume you, uh, costume you created. Mm -hmm. if, you could, if you could make any costume from any show or anything like that, what would you want to make? Oh, that's easy. So I'm about to have a son in October and he has this little... Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. He has this little... Uh, my friend gave us a little Goku Super Saiyan like onesie with the hair and everything. And mm -hmm. I would make Krillin, his friend, the bald one. So he's just like father and son, but the son's stronger than the father kind of thing. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. And what's stopping you from doing that or what what part of it do you think you would have trouble with uh what is actually stopping me right now is the podcast but it's, a, well, it's stopping yeah, me in yeah. a good way time, time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, uh, other than that uh finding the fabrics but you said it's very easy and also you have to be patient right yeah and for this kind of stuff dragon ball is pretty popular and i went i would imagine it's pretty easy to find this kind of material anywhere and uh, I, I could easily just buy it, but there, I feel like there's something out of just creating it from scratch, the feeling of it. Absolutely. Like, so, uh, yeah, I would like, I could buy a podcast pre-made with, <laughs> <laughs> but making it so much more fun. <laughs> yeah. And who knows, you may be at a thrift store or at a fabric store or a crafting store, and you may find a pattern or a fabric that looks close and maybe this will inspire you to just be like, you know what? I'm going to get this. And when I have time, I'm going to work on it. I do have a lot of like clothing that is like random. I have apparently, my wife says I have no sense of fashion, which means that <laughs> all the clothes that I have, I can use to create so something awesome. There you go. But I'm not saying like you, you can have fancy stuff and make something awesome out of it. I'm just saying I can make something awesome out of the random. Like I have a banana shirt because I love bananas. Maybe I can make like a... A Donkey Kong theme thing? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and Halloween is a great way to explore that or to say, like, here's my deadline. My deadline is Halloween for when my son is a year old or, you know, something like that. So who knows? You want to hear something very like you'll be it's kind of cringy. We're like, oh, Alex, why? I remember one <laughs> Halloween when I was a kid, like I say a kid, but I mean a teenager. 
I got lazy and I just went up and then I just was wearing my normal clothing. And then when people asked me, what what was I? I said, a taxpayer. Ooh. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, scary. Here, take all the candy. <laughs> See that? I'm a little, I'm a little elitist when it comes to Halloween because I put so much work into costumes. And so if I'm home and passing out candy, you wouldn't give it to I me. Like, <laughs> I like to see. No, no, get this. So I like to see if if teenagers come up and they're just wearing street clothes. I ask them. I'm like, what are you? And if someone gave me that answer, if someone said I'm a taxpayer, I'd be like, here's a full size Snickers. <laughs> You that know, was clever. You know what? I'm kind of <laughs> like you when uh, when it's Halloween and when we, I give out candies to kids. When they come up with their costume, I get fully engaged and they're like, I was like, oh my goodness, it's Luke Skywalker. Ah, it's like a dinosaur. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> I love like interacting with their costumes because it just brings that little moment of joy. Like, cool, my costume made this grown man scared or cool, he's interacting yeah. with them. And that might spark a costuming bug in a in a kid. You know what? I love encouraging people to be creative and... I feel like I'm going to keep doing it. If I can't be creative, I hopefully I can help people bring out their creativity and then they can teach me how to be creative. Like what you're doing. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Bridget, for coming on and just sharing your love and just listening to me rant. I'm sorry about that. It should have been more about you. <laughs> but No, you're welcome, Alex. I greatly appreciate it. You shared so much. And if you guys want to learn more about Bridget, I'll put all the information down below so you guys can go click it, show some love, and show some support. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timefuryourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, reviews are good. I, so I hear. The interweb has told me so. Even bad ones help me build my podcast to something better. And if you want to show some more support, this is completely optional. But you can also buy some merchandise on Redbubble. That's down below. And I also have a Patreon, which is also down below. Basically, everything I'm saying is, you get it, down below. So once again, thank you so much, Bridget. You're welcome, Alex. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>